Welcome back to Bible Answers with Philippians 1-9 Ministries. You're listening to Patrick O'Brien. Today, let's talk briefly about overcoming trials as believers. You know, there are many different scriptures that we can pull from that talk about going through trials and tribulation and suffering. But I want to direct your attention first to Peter's first epistle. In Peter's first epistle, in chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. God has a purpose for allowing trials and testings into our lives. We can see in the same epistle that Peter is writing. Remember, Peter's theme in his first epistle is rejoicing in suffering and preparing for persecution. But we can see in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, in verse 19, he says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Notice here in verse 19, Peter tells us that suffering according to the will of God, persecution and suffering and trials are in the will of God for believers. Now let's look at a few other scriptures. Jesus tells us in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us that we will have tribulation in the world. In Acts 14, 22, we see it say, Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, quote, through many tribulations ye must enter the kingdom of God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that no temptation has overcome you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Paul also tells us in his second letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 1, verse 8, he says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Here we see Paul being very transparent of the discouragement and sorrow that he had. But notice, God always begins where we end. God is the one who leads us to being an overcomer in this world. But a believer has to look at the big picture. Whenever you are going through a trial, you have to look at the big picture as a whole. He tells us, Paul does in 2 Timothy 3.12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. So we see Jesus telling us in John 16.33 that in this world we are going to have tribulation. And we see Paul telling Timothy, and therefore all of us, that if we desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we will be persecuted. A promise of the New Testament, so often neglected today, 
is that we will face trials and tribulations and be persecuted. So often the persecution comes from those who are within the churches, who are those who are professing believers that say they love Jesus, yet find no difference in shunning you or getting rid of the people who want to test things by the scripture and examine everything by the word of God. Persecution will come, and it comes the hardest by those you thought were believers who were seeking to live a godly life themselves. You know, Paul was afflicted physically, and he was not healed. He suffered through his ministry by a messenger of Satan that was under God's jurisdiction to keep Paul humble because of the great revelations that he received. You can read about that in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. He did ask three times for the healing, but it was not granted at his request. We have to be an overcomer. In 1 John 2.13, he says, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him, who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. Right here, we learn there are distinctions within the maturing of a believer in grace. There are fathers, there are young men, there are little children, and Peter even tells us that there are newborn babes in Christ, infants in Christ. This is a maturing that happens as we grow in Christ. Everybody is going to have different trials. They're going to have different things they have to go through. An overcomer is not a sinless believer. Now, it is a true statement that a believer maturing spiritually will sin less. But there is no such thing as a perfectly sinless believer. An overcomer, the word actually stems from the word Nike in the Greek. It means to carry off the victory. The verb implies literally there being a battle. We have to look at the Bible and how it teaches us and recognize that the world is a battleground. It is not a playground. It's a battleground. But God does not leave us defenseless in this battleground. Paul tells us about the armor of God in Ephesians 6. He tells us that we are to put on the full armor of God and to stand and resist Satan and stand firm. Peter does the same thing in his first epistle where he talks about preparing for persecution and rejoicing in suffering. Peter tells us about the devil who is a lion. He says in verse 8 of chapter 5 in 1 Peter, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And Peter tells us, Whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are around the world. We have a real enemy, and we are called to resist Satan firm in our faith. Satan wants our faith because it's a weapon that we can use against the old evil serpent. The faith is the shield that we can use against the fiery darts that he throws. But notice how Peter tells us, that knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren around the world, brother or sister, you are not alone in your suffering. 
If you're suffering in Christ, you are not alone. Other believers around the world are going through similar, if not sometimes very similar, situations of suffering. We know that Jesus promised a great reward to those who overcome. Overcomers are promised that they will eat from the tree of life in Revelation 2.7, be unharmed by the second death in Revelation 2.11, eat from the hidden manna and be given a new name in Revelation 2.17, have authority over the nations in Revelation 2.26, be clothed in white garments in Revelation 3.5, be made a permanent pillar in the house of God in Revelation 3.12, and sit with Jesus on his throne in Revelation 3.21. Jesus did not say holding fast to him would be easy, but it would be well worth it. And brothers and sisters, that's what we have to do, is hold fast to Jesus Christ. Stick to Jesus in your suffering. The Lord disciplines his children. Those whom he loves, he disciplines. Trials might come to keep us from falling into a sin. They might even come due to sin. Trials will cause growth and that they teach us obedience and discipline. But trials also train us and equip us to comfort others. Sometimes God has to give you a situation to equip you and train you so that you can be used to witness to other people that are going to go through those same trials and difficulties. And now God can use you to minister to them, to encourage them, to share the gospel with them. Trials are used to prove the reality of Christ living within us. So no matter how difficult your trial is, no matter how how much suffering is involved, don't despise the trial. Seek God in those times of trials. Wash yourself with the written word of God. Spend time with God in prayer and in reading his word. As children of God, we are going to be disciplined. We are going to be persecuted. We are going to suffer trials. But we have to have the right mindset. We have to look at the big picture. Remember, wisdom looks at the big picture, and we have to keep a godly perspective. There will be, there will never be another time in all eternity for the children of God to have the honor to suffer for the gospel's sake and for the cause of Christ. So I encourage you to change your perspective. See the trials as a privilege to bear the marks of a saint who chooses to follow Jesus. Stick to Jesus no matter what. Literally, no matter what. Remember the old hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me, and even though none go with me, and it can be lonely at times, though none go with me, yet I will follow. Follow Jesus. Stick to Jesus. When you're going through a trial, no matter if it's one week, one year, five years. Go through that trial with your eyes set on Jesus Christ. Look up, for the redemption draws nigh. Remember Jesus. Study his word. Meditate on his word. Be prayerful. Don't lash out and accuse people. 
Don't accuse yourself. Don't let the focus become inward. Don't let the focus become against other people. And woe is me. Let your focus be on Jesus Christ. Ask him what it is that he wants you to see during this trial, during this persecution, and ask him what you can do. He will provide a way out. He will give you wisdom in the suffering. He will give you grace that is sufficient for you in the trial. But you have to pray. You have to ask him to reveal what it is he wants you to learn and to help you learn it. And then when you get through that trial, pray continuously that the lessons you've learned will not be wasted and that you can use that discipline, that wisdom that he has engineered for you to go through to shine the light of Christ for more people, that Jesus may get the glory. So brothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through today, No matter what is happening, remember, if you are born again as a believer in Jesus Christ, God engineers all your circumstances. He engineers everything. Stop looking at things as happening to you and start looking at them as happening for you. God is engineering these things for you to help you shed worldliness, to help you understand what might be sin in your life and to get rid of it and to add to your faith, godliness, and all the other things that Peter tells us to add to our faith in his second epistle in chapter 1. Add to your faith, study the word, and keep your eyes and focus on Jesus, nothing else and no one else. I pray this encourages you today to dive deeper into the word and to be a student of the word and study his word, and wash yourself with it. It's the only way we can get the worldliness off of us because we have to interact with the people and the things of this world and this world system. But we are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of heaven. And we are simply only here as sojourners. You have a citizenship now in heaven. Stay close to Jesus. Keep pressing on. And until next time, we'll talk soon. God bless.